gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Script Show. We're talking about your favorite movies, what was good, what was bad, and how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. And today, dissecting this very, this weird creature from Area 51, I got Dr. Sam. Well, I'm ready to whip this movie into shape. Oh, If snap. you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. You do know what I mean, right? Yeah. We're Can- talking about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, man. Trigger warning for some people. A lot of people have <laughs> some strong, strong feelings about this. IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes audience scores have anything to do with anything. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Taylor, what are your thoughts? Let's go Indiana Jones as a whole, and then we'll s- focus in on this one. I mean, Indiana Jones as a whole, like, man, that's one of the best franchises I've grew up with. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Temple of Doom. Like, that one's, like, middle of the road. But the one and three are just amazing. And I remember when I first heard about Indiana Jones 4 coming out, like, I was in a teen, maybe 12 or so. So the idea of seeing an Indiana Jones movie in the theaters just blew my mind. And I saw it. And I didn't hate it when I was, like, in seventh grade. So take that as you will. What did you think of it? What's your experience uh, with it? So I, I mean, obviously I knew Indiana Jones because everybody's parodied it, like, to death in, like, kids' cartoons and stuff. But my first time seeing Indiana Jones was Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, in sixth grade on one of those tiny TVs that they have at school. Oh. Because it was, like, like, one of the last days of school. And this girl brought it in. She was, like, super excited. She's like, guys, we all need to watch Indiana Jones. Like, you guys seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's, like, one of the best movies. And we're all like, whatever. It's not like our Transformers movies or whatever. <laughs> it's for sixth grade, so I don't think Transformers was out yet. And we watched it. No one was really into it except for me. Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. And then I watched the other two that were in the series. And I'll have some, t- I'll have some hot takes on Temple of Doom in a little bit. Oh. But one and three are amazing. Like, okay, yep. there's, like, the, you know, people have the hierarchy of movies. One and three are, like... So, so good. Yeah. Honestly, if, if Raiders didn't, if Last Crusade was the first Indiana Jones movie, it would have, like, been the one that, like, was nominated for Best Picture and, like, all that stuff that Raiders did. Mm-hmm. It's just because it was part of a franchise it wasn't. And then, yeah, when uh, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was said to be coming out, it was super jazz. Uh, you know, one of those movies, my dad and I were like, yeah, let's go see it. Mm-hmm. And we saw it, and we both were like, yeah, we liked it. And that was the end of that, basically. <laughs> I remember I was at a soccer tournament when this came out, and my whole soccer team went to go see it, and, you know, we enjoyed it. Again, we were in seventh grade, but what did you think now on the rewatch? The exact same thing. Oh, okay. Uh, I honestly think it's just fine. It's a very, very fine, just okay movie. (laughs) Uh, It's got the Steven Spielberg flourish with the writing skills of someone who started off great in Jurassic Park. And then someone whose, like, last credit was, like, the newest Pirates of the Caribbean. Not the mm. one we did last week, the one after that one. Yeah. So there's there's a mixed bag of talent within this movie, and you can kind of tell. No, I agree. I'm glad we're doing Pirates 4 and this, like, back-to-back, because it does give me some more perspective on Forkholes. <laughs> and I didn't hate this movie still. Like, yeah. there are some dumb, 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 dumb Absolutely. moments but overall, it still feels like an Indiana Jones film. Harrison Ford still cares, yeah. which is something I haven't seen in him in probably over a decade when this film came out. Yeah, I think the the time of caring was Crystal Skull to Bla- the newest Blade Runner, and that was like that decade of like whatever. Yeah. Well, because he even in Force Awakens, 
he looks annoyed to be there. <laughs> he's, he looks like he's happy to be, like, back, and then he's like, oh, right, we have to shoot in the cold. Oh, right, we have to shoot in the rainforest. Yeah, he's like, I finally get to kill off one of my favorite characters. Because, uh, fun fact, in Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Han Solo was supposed to die because Harrison Ford wanted him to die. And then I think they did it. It turned out to be too dark, so they kept him. Yeah. Something around they, that. They, they wanted to, and the studio was just like, you, you can't kill Harrison. You can't kill Han Solo. You also spent the entire first 30 minutes of the movie rescuing him. Yeah. You can't you can't kill him at this point. True. But yeah, and this this was a, a romp. Uh, I hear there's a fifth one being planned for 2020. Uh, mm. We can talk about that later, but yeah. you know, does the idea of future Indiana Jones excite you at all? Yes, because I think Spielberg and Lucas realize how big of a woof this was, and they don't want to like end Indiana Jones with a big, big oof or anything. Yeah. So I'm interested. I don't want Indiana Jones recasted, but I still want this to go on. But I, you know, Harrison Ford also like is he gonna care? And we just had Pirates Five come out too. <laughs> but I feel like Indiana Jones is in, still in better hands than Pirates yeah. was. So, yeah, we can talk about it more. Um, Should we just summarize, or is there anything else you want to talk about before? I always forget to bring this up, but in the description of the podcast, we have time codes, and if you don't want to, like, listen to the summary, or if you want to jump around, just look down. We have time codes for it all. Yeah. All right. So, sorry. Jump back into it. Uh, Well, you don't want to miss this summary, because (laughs) it starts off in the best way possible with a prairie dog. Yeah. That's right. Indiana Jones (laughs) and the Prairie Dog Hill. There's a bunch of kids from the 50s just driving their cars, being all greasers and jocks, driving through being crazy, and these prairie dogs get scared and they go back in their holes. And then they, uh, the car pulls up next to this kind of like military vehicle, and they like smile at each other, Then they're like, yeah, let's drag race. And then they drag race, and then they stop drag racing, and then the 50s kids go away. Yeah, it's sort of like, hey man, these people that we'll soon find out are Russians, they can hang loose and be cool too. Like, yeah. So it's like the like almost kind of laziest way to bring up like we're in the 50s guys this is a period piece did you know this was a period piece <laughs> all right let's move on so these military people you can't see me but i'm putting air quotes around it go up to this one stopping area and these guys the other military people come out and they're like hey uh commander you can't be here uh-oh they get shot they kill a bunch of other military people and they open up this trunk get this fat guy out of here that we haven't seen. He's like, and this hat falls out. And what is it? It's Indiana Jones' hat. Oh, my God. Who's this going to be? Indiana Jones is fat now? (laughs) But there's this other man in the trunk. They pull him out. He gets thrown onto the ground. We're like, oh, no, is that Indy? And he picks up the hat and turns around. And who is it but Melvin Dew? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) <laughs> what a what a throwback! Oh uh, yeah, no, it's Indiana Jones. It's Indiana Jones. <laughs> hey, uh, it's Indy and his new friend Mac, who are buddies who've been in, like, spying on the Russians for a while. Uh, we find out that these soldiers are in fact Russian, and up walks Kate uh, Blanchett, the leader of the Russian military, and she is just very Russian. Russian in air quotes. Yeah, Kate <laughs> Blanchett, wonderful Academy Award-winning actress. She's Russian in air quotes. So they are asking Indy, like, all right, we want to find this certain item that you've worked for or worked with years ago. And they, like, just hint at it. And Indy's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Then they hint at it more. And he's like, oh, that thing. They use metal to find this one crate. Yeah, it's like a, like they somehow, like, dump metal. And they know it's magnetic. So it just, like, 
Uh, also, the doors open and they say 51 on the side. Yeah. Just in case anybody wants to know. It's sector 51. Uh, honestly, it wasn't the worst idea. I'm glad they didn't, like, pan out and they're like, Area 51. Like, <laughs> it was an interesting way to show visually that we're in Area 51. Yeah. It's pretty hard to miss. No, and they, uh, they find the crate that they're looking for. The Russians pull it out and they, like, load it onto the truck. And Indy is able to, like, secure a gun from one of them. He's like, all right, nobody move. I've got you surrounded. And then all the Russians just pick up their guns and just point it at him. And they're just like, come on, Indy. But we see his friend turn and point a gun at him. And Indy's like, Mac, the audience has only known you for five minutes, but I've known you for 20 years. Why would you do this to me? Yeah, and he's just like, sorry, Indy, like, they pay me more or something. It's like, oh, God, are you serious? Come on, man. I can see where Lucas took over some of the writing. They have this little gun shotting going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a pretty cool action scene for the opening. No, it's really good. And you get to see Indy running on crates using the whip. He, you can still see him being a little bit old because he misjudges how far he can go. It crashes into a truck. Yep. Uh, but he takes over one of the trucks and like is following this, the other truck that's carrying the crate that he's looking for out and smashes out the wall. But before they leave, we pan down and see one of the crates that's been cracked open a little bit. And it's the Ark of the Covenant. Hey. Just a little fun thing from Raiders that they're going to do a little bit of fan service throughout this entire movie. Yeah, no, it's, it's all right. It was it's okay. Good, yeah. It wasn't the worst. No. And so now Indy's been fighting these the Russians. He ends up fighting, like, the big, tall guy. Yeah. And they fall into this, like, how would you describe this? It's like a military, like, experimental, like, invention. Not like invention area, but, like, a, a weird workshop, basically. Yeah. And there's, like, a giant, like, metal steampunky train. They fight each other, and they get thrown through glass, and they hit the panels of something, and they uh, accidentally start the, the timer sequence for the train. And the train says it's got 20 seconds till, till it goes, but Indy's been, like, wrapped up in a chain, and he's hanging there, fighting the Russian. And at some point, all the other Russians and his, his ex-friend Mac are running in the room. Indy and the Russian guy end up landing on the train, and the train just ignites in this big ball of fire, like, destroys all the Russians. Mac is, hides around a corner. And uh, Indy and this Russian dude just, like, blast off far into the desert. They pass out. Indy wakes up and just, like, like gives him a little, the Russian guy, a little push, and he falls over. And Indy runs uh, away for, like, a, di- a half a day. And he wakes up, or not wakes up, but he runs into this one weird-looking town. Yeah, it's like this town in the middle of the desert. Looks very... It looks inhabited, but also a ghost town at the same time. Yeah, so Indy runs into one of the places, and he's like, hello, hello, and he's, like, thirsty as hell, you know? He's looking for those thoughts. And he tries to turn on the water, and nothing works. But he hears a t- TV on. So they he runs up to these people watching TV, and he's like, hello, and he, like, knocks their heads and realizes they're mannequins. Goes out even more, notices that this whole town has mannequins. He accidentally knocks over this one girl that sets off this alarm. He looks far away and notices that there's this nuclear atom bomb or something like that. Yeah, he, he, he realizes seeing all that stuff that the town is actually a nuclear testing site. But at the same time, there's a German car that pulls up and is looking for Indy. And at some point, the, the timer sequence goes off and is like, all right, all personnel... Leave here in 60 seconds. The German car drives away, and he's like, you could have waited for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, they're not. Yeah. Not German, uh, Russian. I'm confusing all the all the nationalities. It's all right. And Indy's like, what do I do? Where do I go? And it keeps counting down. It's like 30, 20 seconds, 10 seconds. He goes back in one of the houses looking for something, anything. 
and the bomb just goes off and Indy's dead. Yep, that's Indiana Jones for you, man. Hey, no, he does arguably the thing that most people who are fans of the series are very, very mad about. With ten seconds to go, he climbs inside of a lead-lined refrigerator and closes it, shuts it all the way, locks himself in. The nuclear bomb goes off. And the fridge just, like, flies out of there. And Indy rolls out okay. And we see that the other car that was there with all the Russians gets engulfed by the fl- uh, the smoke and everything, and they die. Do we need to talk about the fridge now, or should we wait till later to do Let's that? Let's talk about the fridge now. So, how, on a scale of 99 to 100, how angry are you at this fridge thing? It's pretty dumb. And I also just want to point out some logic things, like, okay, wait, so this little nuclear town won't pay for water, but they need the TV to be going on for these mannequins to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And it's the fridge specifically, like, they, like, do a specific close-up of the fridge, so you see it says lead line. Yeah. As if that's, like, going to help. The whole thing happens, India rolls out of the fridge and just walks out of frame, and then through the power of editing, we just go to the next scene where he's at, like, an FBI or CIA facility, like, being washed off and, like, sat down for, for an interrogation. This That means he, he could have just gotten off the train and just wandered, and then the CIA was just there because of the power of editing. Yeah, or you, what you were saying is, like, the train goes into an FBI, like, secret facility or something, and that's how Indy gets there. Yeah. Like, this whole nuclear fridge scene didn't need to be there. It's something that I would have cut out in the first cut or something. It was literally just a thing that they did for, like, visual effects and, like, quote-unquote tension, but, like, Indy's gonna survive. You just added this element that everyone's gonna, like, make fun of for forever. Yeah, no. And it didn't add anything to the story. This is, like, a term now in the film industry. It's called nuking the fridge. Like, all right, this is too dumb. Like, this is an idea that's not going to work. Yeah. Like, you are nuking the fridge. It sort of sucks, because this nuke the fridge thing is one of the biggest things that people remember about this movie. And, you know, the movie's not awful. It's not that bad. And it's, I mean, for finding creative ways to escape a nuclear explosion, like, if it was logical, it would be a really cool way to escape a nuclear explosion. Yeah, you know. I mean, also, the fact that he got rattled around in that fridge also should have killed him. (laughs) (laughs) He got sent miles away. (laughs) But that's neither here nor there. Sorry, it just was a thing that probably needed to be addressed because I'm sure that's what everybody was was waiting for us to talk about. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fine. But the scene didn't need to be there. It's sort of a bummer that this is one of the things that people remember the most about it. Yeah. And, yeah, we move on. We move on. We go to a CIA facility. Indy's being interrogated by a couple of government boys. And they're like, remember that thing that happened at Roswell in 47? He's like, what? That was a crash. I, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> it's my best Harrison Ford. And, yeah, basically we just get a little background that Indy kind of knows like, what crate they had taken. Uh, but we're not 100% sure on what was inside. He just knew that there were, like, bodies in, like, the Roswell incident that he was involved with. And there was, like, destruction, and the Russians were there, and they've been looking forward to this. And there's the the woman, I forget her name, so she's going to be Kate Blanchett, I'm sorry. Okay. She's been learning psychic warfare, basically. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that whatever's inside this crate will help her in a mystical, supernatural way to win the Cold War. Yeah, she gets made fun of it because they're like, oh, scientists, if you can call her that. And it's funny because it's uh, 
janitor from Scrubs. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is the janitor's backstory. <laughs> this is how he got where he is. Yeah, he's really just an informant trying to see if Bob Kelso is really doing his job thoroughly. And he's still, uh, the FBI is not 100% happy with him. They still think he might be working for, for, the, for the Russians because the Russians got away with the, with the artifact. He get, has like a general friend come in and be like, don't worry, Indy's cool. And so he leaves. Is that when he goes back to college? Yep, he goes back to college. He's teaching this course. The dean comes in. He's like, Indy, I'm sorry, but uh, you had to be let go. And he's like, what? And he's like, this is ridiculous and blah, 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 blah. We find out that the dean resigned for Indy too. And so now we go into Indy's house, and he's with the dean still, and he's talking. He's like, man, this past couple of years just been so hard. Marcus died, and my dad died. And dean's like, this is the point in life where you just stop getting stuff, and life starts taking stuff away. We find out, you know, that the two of them died. A nice moment where we see pictures of them. And if you actually, there's like a little uh, Easter eggs with throughout the house where mm-hmm. there are actually picture frames of other characters throughout the series. Oh. So young Indiana Jones and young Sean Connery actually have a picture together. So like River Phoenix and Sean Connery are in the background somewhere. Hmm. I forget her name from Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. who's actually Steven Spielberg's wife now, uh, is in a picture in the back somewhere too. And Marion's in the back somewhere as well. So there's just like a few, a few good things there to keep you entertained. But from there, uh, Indy tells the ex-dean that he's going to go to London for a little while, kind of lay low, stay away from anything. So he gets on a train that's going to head to New York. But who shows up but... Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. He uh, just finished eating at <laughs> Mendocino Farms. <laughs> so Shia LaBeouf rolls up on his motorcycle, just eating an arm. Mm-hmm. And he sees uh, Indy and he's like, Dr. Jones, old man, you know Dr. Oxley? He's like, of course I know Dr. Oxley. And Shia LaBeouf's like... Well, I think that uh, he's going to be killed. And so Indy just gets off the train. The, the train's already moving, too. It's like somehow he... gets, Through the power of editing, yeah. he gets off the, I think this movie could be explained away with a lot of the power of editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now they're at a diner, and this is actually not the worst way to show uh, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, his character name is his Mutt. Mm-hmm. They're talking about, like, oh, here's my backstory. Like, Oxley did all this stuff for me. He's like, yeah, Oxley put me to sleep easier than a warm glass of milk. I'm like, ew, who likes warm milk? It's a thing. Is it? Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, but yeah, they show it, basically, Mutt's father died in the war, mm-hmm. his mom has been possibly kidnapped by the Russians, and Oxley was kind of like the father figure to him, but Oxley, like, went off on a journey and kind of never came back. Yeah. So, we can find all that stuff out, but he's, uh, Oxley's basically been doing a bunch of research, trying to figure out uh, what the artifact is, and through, I get the dialogue, you figure out that there's a, a thing called a crystal skull mm-hmm. that Oxley's been looking for for a while and that certain, I guess, Aztec or Mayan or one of those ancient Latin cultures uh, like used to worship or collect as uh, rare valuables. And so like during this whole thing, I just want to take a note because I thought this was a good way of showing visually of how Mutt's character is. Like he's always slicking back his hair. He like dips his comb in Coke, which <laughs> yeah, is like... In, but like it's like a, like a jock kind of guy, like a letterman jacket, like at a table over. So he just like washes his comb off. Yeah. And then like he steals a beer from the waitress, turns around and Indy puts the beer back as they're talking. And like, okay, that's really creative showing what? like what he's about. That's just classic Spielberg right there because that was all done in one, like one shot on a cushion. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this two shot where you hear all this dialogue and all this other stuff's also happening at the same time, but you're getting all the information at the same time, which is nothing to do with the script. That's basically all Spielberg. Yeah, I know. Which is awesome. 
Yeah, no, it's good. And so as they finish up talking, and he's like, hmm, there's these two guys over there that look very Russian, might be trying to get us. And the two Russian guys come up and they're like, oh, come with us. Indy ends up starting a fight with this, this weird segregated part of greasers and jocks. Yeah. And they just start fighting with each other and Indy well, and Mutt he, move out. Well, he tells Mutt to punch one of the jocks and he punches one of the jocks and then a girl just comes up and is like, that's my boyfriend. And just punches Mutt <laughs> straight in the face and he falls into like a gang of like greasers and all the jocks line up and it just looks like like a like a street fight from West Side Story. Yeah, oh my god, it was so weird. I didn't know the tensions were so high between the jocks and the grease. It was funny. So now they have this cool uh, motorcycles chase where the Russians are falling after Mutton Indy and they go through all these areas. It's really cool. They end up going through a library. Mm-hmm. And I love how everyone in the library is looking at Mutt and Indy who are driving a motorcycle in the library like, oh, this is most unorthodox. Oh, this oh. is bothering my studies. Yeah. But then they like slide to a, a stop. And I like this moment where one of the kids is like, Dr. Jones, what, what exactly should I be learning from chapter four about certain things? And he's like, uh, just get out in the field and do some of the research yourself. You can't spend your whole life in a library. <laughs> just cute. Okay, yeah, it was cute, but it was also sort of dumb. It was so silly, it's so cheesy. It's it's just, it's classic old-school movie making. Yeah, it's one of those things where I was like, all right, that, that's a scene that I'm going to agree with the general audience is saying, that was dumb. Yes. And not maybe needed. But basically from there, the Mutt and Indy escape. Mutt gave him a letter where he, of where Oxley was at last, mm-hmm. uh, and they found out he was kind of in prison for a little bit. Right. So they decide to take... A journey down to uh, Latin America. They start talking to locals about, oh, have you seen this guy Oxley? And there's this nice little character scene where they're walking down just a whole row of food stands and stuff. And they find out that Mutt dropped out of school and Indy's like, oh, it's all right. You know, if school isn't your thing, you can find something else. And, you know, it's not. I I liked that little thing. And as they exit, Mac comes in. It's like, "Uh oh, that's not good. They go find Oxley's old, like, jail cell. I think it was, like, a psych prison, but it, it felt like a jail cell. Okay. So, but, yeah, he's in, like, they go back to the old hospital slash jail, mm-hmm. and they just see, like, so many carvings on the wall. Like, he's written, like, the same word in a bunch of languages, which apparently is return, and he's drawn uh, a, a picture of the crystal skull into the wall, and they're just like, return what? And, and he's like, or return to where? Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm not a big fan of, like, how they reveal all these puzzles and stuff, because they just kind of explain all of everything. Basically, he carved stuff onto the floor that actually look like, like, symbols from the sky. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you were flying on a plane or you were a god looking down from the heavens, you could see, you know, a carving of, like, a bird or a carving of, like, a, a swirl. And so they figure out where those things are in relation to uh, themselves, so they head down to that area and it's kind of like a ruins slash burial site of some conquistadors. And they like approach at night with shovels and it's like, oh, I guess you're grave robbers now. Yeah, so they go into this one area, uh, they dig up some old bodies and they have a little cool creative fight scene with these protectors or whatever. They basically just find that these bodies have been here. They find a crystal skull and then they get, walk out and they get captured by Russians. They also kind of, I mean, they have like a moment with the crystal skull, but it's almost kind of unceremonious. Like they just cut open like one of the bags and it's just, oh, there's the skull. Yeah. And then after that you see it, then Mutt picks it up and like hands it to Indy or whatever. And then there's like the music swelling and it's like, well, 
You guys missed your moment. That was right. <laughs> you you saw it a second ago. I, I already know what this looks like. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so they're captured by the Russians, and they're taken to some like camp in the Amazon. And so now Indy's being interrogated, and all the Russians leave, and it's just Mac and Indy. And Mac's just like, come on, Indy, like, we can do this, and we can get away with it. And Indy's just like, what happened to you, Mac? Like, how many people did you rat out to the FBI, or to the Russians, sorry? And he's like, come on, Indy, like, we can make so much money off of this. <laughs> and I'm like, you've known Indy for, like, 20, 25 years at least? How do you not know one of his, like, catchphrases is, it belongs in a museum? Like, Also, like, you're really just going to betray him, like, out of the blue, kind of like that? Like, that's such a weird thing to, I don't know. They end up getting the crystal skull. Kate Blanchett is, like, telling Indy about the skull and how it's used and, like, how it can manipulate other people in different areas. She thinks you could use her, like, psychic telepathic abilities to, like, make anyone think or do anything. And then she says that, well, you know, we need you to kind of look at the skull and see if you can decipher what's happening because your friend Oxley here has been saying some nonsense. And he's like, Oxley's here? And they go and pull this crazy dancing man from the fire. Not from the fire, but, you know, (coughs) dancing by the fire. Yeah. Uh, They pull him inside, and and Indy's like, hey, that's Dr. Oxley. And he's just saying some crazy stuff that no one can really understand. And so uh, Kate Blanchett is like, all right, you're going to look directly at the skull, try and see if it's going to impart some wisdom onto you, and try and decipher what he's saying. And he does that, and when he's looking at the skull, he's, like, kind of going a little crazy. Mac's like, that's enough. And he, like, releases Indy for a second, and Indy just immediately sucker punches <laughs> Mac in the face. Yeah, in the second half of the movie, Mac gets punched <laughs> so much. It's kind of great. We figure out that Indy's kind of learned a little bit about what's going on. He figures out that, that Ox is actually saying, like, a riddle to where the crystal skull is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So he gets some paper and some pencil, and Oxley actually has been, the hand motions he's been doing this whole time have actually been drawings. So he puts, like, his he- like a pen in his hand, and he pulls up a piece of paper, and he starts drawing, like, some things and some symbols. And then Cape Legend even just says out loud, oh, of course, involuntary drawings. We should have known that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you've had him for like how many years now, and you didn't think to that like put yeah. some uh, whatever. Uh, so basically, they kind of figure out what's happening. Indy gets reconnected with Mutt. And he's like, "Hey, is everything okay?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm fine, but I think they've got my mom here." And they're and Indy's just basic. Uh, and then they're just like hold a gun to Mutt's head, and he's like, "All right, Indy, if you don't like take us to where we want to go, we're gonna kill the kid." And Mutt's just like, "Don't don't do it for me. Let them kill me." And then the Russians are like. All right, fine. If he's not enough of an incentive, maybe this will help. And they go inside of a tent, and they come, and they bring out... Melvin Dew. Oh. <laughs> no, Melvin Dew is not in this. <laughs> no, it's Marion from, from the first one. Yeah. Uh, and it's Marion as an older woman, and Indy just looks at her and is like, oh, well, hello. And she kind of starts walking up to him, and she's like, Indiana Jones... And he, like, goes for a hug, but she, like, zooms past him and hugs uh, Mutt. And he's like, Mom, I've been so worried about you. And Indy just turns around and is like, Mom? Mom. <laughs> and from there we learn that uh, Marion is Mutt's mom. She's not happy with Indy because he left her yeah. shortly after Raiders happened. Yep. End up escaping somehow? Yeah, they kind of figure out, they basically figure out where they need to go. Indy works with the Russians, like, and draws, like, a little map for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, figures out where they need to go. Mutt just, like 
tosses like the table at all of them and he grabs Marion and Oxley and they run off to the woods and Indy follows after them. They run off but they fall into some quicksand. Yep. Oh man. But, you know, I thought quicksand would be much more of a thing. Yeah. Uh, gr- you know, growing up it's a John Delaney thing. <laughs> uh, and they start sinking in quicksand. And so it's just Indiana Jones and Marion, uh, Oxley and Mutt are fine. Mutt goes to find a stick or something to pull him out. And Indy tells Oxley, like, go get help. Go get help. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go get help. And so now it's just Marion and Indy. And Indy finds out that he's a daddy to Mutt. Yep. One of my favorite, (laughs) favorite tropes is while you're dying, you admit a big secret. Yep. And then (laughs) Indy's just like, what? He's my son? Why'd you let him drop out of school? And like, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, damn. That's a dad moment. What a dad moment. And so Mutt comes back. He throws this thing at Marion. She takes it and gets out. And now Indy's like, all right, help me out, help me out. And Mutt throws a snake at him. And oh no, we know that Indy doesn't like snakes. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, go find another snake. He's like, I don't have time to find another snake. Grab the snake and I'll pull you out. And he's like, oh, maybe I can touch the bottom. I'm starting to feel it anyway. And he, <laughs> they're like, Indy. And he's like, fine, just tell me it's a rope. Tell me it's a rope. And they're like, it's a it's rope. A rope. And so he's like, all right. And he like takes it and gets out. And it's like, oh yeah, that, that was a it, nice moment. He just like but... takes it and just like, chucks the snake yeah. into, the, <laughs> into the woods. And so now they like have a quick breather. And then they look up and they see Oxley's brought help. But uh-oh, it's yeah. help from the Russians. Damn. Oh, snap. So we're also basically back to where we just started. Yeah. And now Indy knows that he's a dad. Yeah, no, the scene was a little pointless in the, high, in the grand scheme of things. So now the next day, they're all... Tied up, Mutt, Marianne, and Indy, and they're in the back of this car, or, like, truck thing. Basically, all of them are driving to, like, this mythical land called Akhtar, Mm -hmm. which is, like, where they think that the Crystal Skull needs to go in order for them to get what they want, and they're talking in the back seat, and they're just like, you you shouldn't have dropped out of school, (laughs) you know, uh, everything should have happened, (laughs) and they're just like, you weren't there, you left, like, right before he was born, and I got married, he's like, well, I wrote to you, and he's like, she's like, yeah, like... Years later, you can't just show back up. Also, I really hate that Mutt finds out off screen. Like, we just cut into Shia LaBeouf reacting like, what? No. Power of editing. Yeah. And so they argue a bit more. The one Russian guy that's watching him is like annoyed, like, ugh, marital problems. (laughs) And so Indy tricks him, the Russian guy, into like trying to gag Marion and... They beat him up or knock him out, throw him out. No, they knock him out. Yeah, they knock him out. And then Mutt, like, tosses Indy his knife. He cuts out, and Marion's still, like, in her, like, banter mode. And she's just like, I'm sure there are plenty of girls after me. And uh, Indy was like, yeah, there were a few, but they all had the same problem. Cuts to her. Cuts back to him. They weren't you, baby. Uh, too good. I mean, it's like, if they weren't you, you could have wrote her a few more letters there, man. Yeah, if you weren't busy trying to... Trying to get it on with, like, Lady Hitler. (laughs) 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 Actual villain from the third one. Yeah. Uh, So now they have Indy, like, you know, gets the truck, starts causing chaos. He has a bazooka and shoots at a tank. It's a a huge fight that's, like, kind of... Like, it goes from being super cool to being super cheesy to stupid, back to cool, back to stupid. And it's, like, a long, like, thing. Yeah, we'll just bullet point all these. Like, it's the point where... Mutt swings from vines with monkeys. And uh, Indy finds out that Mac has been a double agent this whole time. Right. And he's like, no, I tried to tell you earlier. It's just like when we were in Berlin, when we were double agents. He's like, oh, and he's like, oh, yeah. 
And I'm like, Indy, you're not this fucking stupid. You don't trust him right away, whatever. And basically, they like drive through. There's like the the like the the car like the truck that like cuts down all the trees. Yeah. And they swing from vines. And at some point, like there's a sword fight. There's, yeah, there's a sword fight between the two cars, and Mud just keeps getting hit in the dick with a bunch of vines and shit. Uh, and at some point, Indy, uh, I think it's Indy, Oxley, and like the main Russian like henchman like get into one of the cars and they drive and they just like crash on top of, like, this giant sand pile. Mm-hmm. But it's not a sand pile. Uh-oh. It's a giant ant hill. And I don't Ru- mean giant ant hills and the hill's giant. I mean <laughs> giant ants, and this is their hill. They're murderous ants, man. They go for anything. They I'm go surprised for- there's any living beings around this area. They destroy everything, and basically, like, they've eaten a bunch of people at this point, and Indy's about to get killed, but then Oxley shows up with the crystal skull, and the ants apparently part... For the crystal skull? Yeah, sure. They don't really explain why, but apparently the crystal skull's got powers. Yeah, I, I give them a pass on that. I was like, I could believe ants would be manipulative to go the other way. But so now Indy and this Russian guy are fighting, and sort of like a cool callback to the first one where the big guy's fighting Indy and mm-hmm. the plane and everything. Yeah. And it ends up with the guy falling into the bunch of ants, and they literally just eat him alive and bring him <laughs> back to the anthill and just suck him in. Like, his feet uh, just come out, and pretty brutal. You know, a family <laughs> picture. <laughs> and so now uh, Indy hops in this one car with Mac, Mutt, Marion, and Oxley, and Marion just drives them off a cliff. <laughs> but luckily, there's water underneath them. Yeah, so they're fine. The Russian, Kate Blanchett and the rest of the Russians are, like, trying to follow, but they're a little behind. And Indy and company has, like, a quick breather. And then Oxley brings up, like, we must fall three times or something. It's something he's been saying for a little bit. And it's basically, you know, to get where you need to go, you need to fall three times. And they look out and they see three waterfalls. This is another sort of... Come on, guys. This isn't. This wouldn't happen. They fall off three different waterfalls and survive. And it's not till the third one where the car gets wrecked. Yeah, and it's like it's big. Like I know people did that thing where they like would climb in barrels and fall down water, like Niagara Falls. But man, oh man, this is like hard to believe. Yeah, and I guess in the context of Indiana Jones, there's been weirder things that have happened that they survived. But yeah, eh. they escape they get they keep moving and Mm -hmm. i think at this point they make their oh they see one of the other clues has been like oh through the tears you must go and they see like a a figure of a skull and there's a waterfall coming out of that and like ah we gotta go there so they so they climb into the skull that's crying and they go through like a couple you know jungly puzzle maze things so as they're walking by the temples or whatever we see these eyes pop out and we're like "Uh uh-oh and as they exit through the temple, all the walls start falling apart, and we just have these native people walking around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, how long were those native people in those walls? They've how been did there they for eat? decades. Probably. And so now Indian company realizes that they're being followed by the Indians. They run out, and it's sort of a callback to the first one where they're running away from a bunch of natives. Yeah. Oxley then shows the natives the crystal skull, and they're all cool about it. Everyone is cool with the crystal skull, like... I get that it's super powerful, but usually they find multiple ways of getting out of situations. But every time they need to do something, it's just hold up the crystal skull, and it's it just can solve everything. Yeah. And so now they solve a couple more puzzles, and they end up in, like, the treasure room, and Mac is just going crazy, like, oh, 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 oh the money. <laughs> oh, the money. <laughs> 
And so uh, they go into, like, the little alien area, and they realize, like, it's just aliens, but just their bones and everything. We cut back to the Russians finally getting there, and they're following this trail of red lights, you know? And we noticed earlier that Max's been dropping red lights, so, uh-oh, he's not really a, a good guy? No way. So he's not a quadruple agent, he was just lying about being, like, a triple agent or whatever. A double, yeah, whatever, yeah. Max they, got, is they got the definitions of double agent wrong in this movie, but that's okay. <laughs> And so those Russian people kill the native people, and they meet up with Indy right as they're going into the alien bone structure. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but it's aliens, guys. Oh, yeah. We said it sometime at the beginning, I'm sure. Uh, Maybe. The crystal skull is an alien skull. Uh, Whether you figured that out earlier, because you actually see an alien body with Kate Blanchett in the Amazon at some point, whether you figured out that was alien or not, you figure it out now. So... Yeah, they uh, put the crystal skull head back, and it all starts, like, moving around, and things start breaking off. And Indy's like, ooh, they want to give us a gift. And Kate Blanchett's like, I want this gift. And Indy's like, go ahead. <laughs> but while everything's falling apart, there's, like, a little opening that they find, so a bunch of, like, the other characters, like, jump through the hole so that they can escape. But Kate Blanchett stays behind, and all, like, the... Which is a, co- is a really cool effect... Like, all the crystal skull, like, skeletons just, like, form into this one, like, fully formed alien. Yeah. And Kate Blanchett is just getting, like, this beam of light just, like, sent straight into her brain. And she's like, I see! I can see! And she, like, is learning, like, everything about the universe. But at some point, she's, like, makes a little pain face. And she starts screaming. He's like, oh, no, it's too much. I can't handle it. It's like, "Uh uh-oh, humans weren't meant to know everything. (laughs) And she's just like, make it stop. And the alien just kind of looks down at her, and she just gets, like, vaporized. Knowledge really is power. (laughs) But basically, while Indy and the rest of the crew are running away, Mac is in the treasure room, just, like, putting more things in his coat. And Indy's just like, Mac, come on, we have to get out of here. And he's just putting more things, and everybody else has escaped. And Mac trips and falls. Indy throws his whip, and is like, Mac, you gotta come with me. But he can't do it. No. Mac can't hold on, and he gets sucked into the into the UFO. Well, Mac also is like, it's all right, Indy. I'm good. I feel like he lets go. Do you think he yeah. gets sucked up? I don't know. It's, again, another editing thing where it's weird, because that scene happens, and then we go back to Cape Blanchett, and that's when she gets vaporized. Right. And then the second we cut back, Mac just, like, flies away. So it's kind of hard to tell what the intention was. Yeah, it's weird. Mac also just sucks. Yeah, Mac Mac was no Marcus. He was not the same as all the no. other ones. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but yeah, so we lose Mac. Uh, Indian company race out of there, and the entire temple just falls apart, and out pops a classic UFO. Mm-hmm. And I can see where people start not liking this film. Cause yeah, it's, it's not what you think that. It, you, you don't want your Indiana Jones, if it's going to have aliens, to just look like Typical aliens, I get it. And then the best part is that Mutt's just like, are those spacemen? And Oxley just like, actually, they're the space, the men who occupy the space between spaces. So they're not aliens, they're interdimensional creatures. Okay. And, and also, oh, Oxley's better now. Yeah, Oxley's better now. And uh, what's Indy saying where it's like, you know, oh, that makes so much sense because... In Mayan... Whatever word they were translating doesn't actually mean... Treasure doesn't mean actual gold and stuff. Their treasure was their knowledge. And that's the point where I'm like, oh, man, oh, God, God damn it, Spielberg, you're old. (laughs) I mean, I I get what they were going for, because, like, 
the aliens thought that they brought it. You brought the skull back, they gave you the gift of knowledge, and they didn't realize that <laughs> normal human beings can't handle that much knowledge. So that's why Kate Blanchett burned up. But yeah. Mm, yeah, it, uh, okay. They cut to a, a little bit of time later. The dean is back, and now Indiana, you can see one person is making an, uh, writing letters on a door that's like Dean... Dr. Oh, Jones yeah, it's like or something. Assistant Dean Indiana, uh, Henry Jones or whatever. Yeah, and we cut to some people get married. Uh-oh. Who's getting married? Uh, oh my god. Indiana Jones is finally settling down with... Melvin Mel- Dean. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I, I was cool with that one. <laughs> No, it's Marion. So they say, I do, they kiss and everything, and they're shaking other people's hands. Muttcraft's camera and starts taking a picture and he noticed like the this door's open by the wind and the hat indiana jones's hat flies out goes right next to muttley and he picks up the hat he's like about to put it on and then indy comes by and swoops and he's like uh 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 and it's like you got (laughs) this franchise is not yours (laughs) harrison ford will not give up this franchise go do more transformer movies well, he doesn't anymore. Yeah, no, he's like, ah. Oh, but well. yeah, basically from there, the credits roll as the couple walks out, Mutt combs his hair, and we get the classic Indiana Jones theme. Yep, and that is Indiana Jones, the Temple of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, this didn't suck. No, and honestly, it didn't suck. We complained about a few things, but, like, there's a lot of fun stuff to be had. Yeah. Like, the, the journey along the way is pretty good. Like, there are, there are like three or so action set pieces, and for the most part, they're really good. Mm-hmm. The one of the jungle lasts a little too long and has like that monkey sequence, which is weird. Yeah. It's still good. Um, and uh, honestly, the character, the relationship between Indy and Mud is fine. Uh, it's not disastrous, it's just fine. But yeah, it's all right. If I was going to rank all the Indiana Jones films, this definitely would be four, but you know, that's with good company. What's your, what's your actual power rankings of Indy movies? It probably would be. Last Crusade, Ark, Temple, Crystal, but I would have to. I haven't rewatched Raiders of the Lost Ark or Crusade in a while. Here's my hot take. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes. <laughs> my hot takes are like your Star Wars ones. <laughs> mine starts off with Raiders. Makes sense. Okay. Last Crusade. Those two are very high up there. Yeah. Then you take a huge <laughs> step down, and you get Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And then you get Temple of Doom. Ooh. Okay. And this is like after watching this, this you were like, I like Temple. I still think I okay. still think Crystal Skull is better than Temple of Doom. Okay, dive into that. Why do you think? Because at least with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it's very just fine. Everything's mm-hmm. super like it's well laid out, like you know what structure you're getting. You still get Indiana Jones as Indiana Jones. You get new characters, whether you like them or not. They serve the story as best that they can. Right. At the end of the day, you learn, you know, you learn a lesson, you get a bunch of puzzles, and they're all fun. With Temple of Doom, you get a new adventure in a location that it seems like nobody wants to be in. <laughs> it really feels like they're just in the jungle just to be in the jungle. You get the two new sidekicks. The ones in Crystal Skull are Mutt and Marion, which we know Marion, she's great. Right. Mutt is annoying but harmless, and you get, like, Mac and Oxley, who are, you know, one's a bumbling idiot, one's a, a bumbling, you know, genius who's crazy. In Temple of Doom, you get you get Willie and you get Short Round, mm-hmm. both of whom are basically the same type of personality, but they do it in different ways. Okay. Willie is scared of everything and annoying and so self entitled and like you. They do have characters like that where they have, but they have redeeming qualities. You understand them, or they serve a function of the story. Willie is there to scream, get in danger, and then be a love interest for Indy. Short Round 
is a precocious kid who knows how to fix things and is... <laughs> I don't know if it's meant to be a racist stereotype, but Short Round definitely doesn't uh, do a whole lot for Asian culture. Okay, that's uh, fair. And he's just is all yelling and annoying, and he also gets in danger all the time. Like, it's... You think he's ingenious because, like, oh, he's driving the car, but he doesn't drive it well. It's like, oh, he knows how to fix the plane or whatever, and he doesn't know how to do that well. Like, he's not really doing anything well. Well, he is a kid. But why would you trust a kid to do all this stuff? <laughs> just because a kid... It doesn't matter if he's, you know, 9 or 40. If you're just doing 20% of the job, I don't want you to do the job. Okay. It's, uh, and I don't like that. And the, it just feels like a weird sidetrack. Because, like, the Raiders was um, all about, like, Christian, Christian mythology and, like, figuring that out. Right. This one is more about, uh, I think, the, like, Indian mythology. Yeah. And, you know, figuring that out. And that's still fine. But I don't really kind of, like, get what they're going for besides human sacrifice. <laughs> it, like, doesn't feel like there's a whole lot to it beyond that, which it doesn't need to, but it's annoying a little bit. And with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, they're Russians. They're trying to gain information on the Americans. They're trying to get a leg up on the Cold War. Like, the motivations make sense, and they're still evil, but they still want to, like, do do things for a purpose. Mm-hmm. It just it felt, it felt a lot more, and it just felt like all the emotional beats in Temple of Doom didn't really earn anything. Because there's that one with, like, where you think Indiana Jones is brainwashed and Short Round, like, comes around to him and is like, Indy, I miss you, I love you. And it's like, you've, you've not had a, a single good moment throughout the entire movie. <laughs> why is now the time when you're going to have, like, an emotional arc? And, uh, but I see why people like it, because it's campy as hell and it's so fun and colorful. Yeah. And, like, you get, you get Kali Ma, you get the heart yeah. out, So I totally get why people like it. I just think it's just not a good movie. I feel like there are more iconic Indiana Jones moments in Temple of the mm-hmm. Doom that people remember more fondly, where with Crystal Skull, it's like, the fridge got nuked, yeah. and aliens, like, that's not Indiana Jones, if you just get to surface level on this one. But I'm not going to fight you too much about Temple being better or better or worse than this. I do think it's better, but I, I haven't watched Temple either in a bit. Yeah, I think Temple it gets gets some nostalgia goggles because of how iconic so many of the parts are. Mm-hmm. But they're iconic kind of ha- because of how bad they are. Yeah. And you do, I think that's where you get the actual, like, iconic hat moment, you know, where the hat's on the other side of the door and then he, like, reaches for it. I think I that's think that, in the first one, isn't it? It might be in both of them. I just remember it mo- more from the second one. Okay. Because there's a room full of spikes that are crushing down, mm. and he reaches, and he like he saves all of them, but the hat's still in there, and he reaches in, like almost gets his hand stabbed by spikes and pulls it out. Okay. So there's there's iconic moments. There's the minecart chase, and yes, there are more iconic things from two, but as a movie as a whole, I think four is better. Yeah, and two in the minecart race, like there is a point where the minecart like flies up and they go back on, like. If people are going to complain about the fridge, complain about the minecarts, yeah. too. But, you know, again, you're probably right with the nostalgia goggles. It'll be one I will revisit. I'm not going to fight you too much on that, because I don't yeah. think two is great, and I, I feel think, like they go more into blood and gore. I think we mostly also disagree that one and three are at the very high end, yeah. and then two and four are just at a very low end. Very true. Very true. But enough about Temple of Doom. Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Let's 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 jump into this. All right, let's what? go in surgery. It's surgery time, y'all. What okay. are what are your your big big pieces of fixing? Mm, oh boy, where do I begin? <laughs> uh, Mac. We need to change him up. Does he need to be Marcus, or does he need to be a different version of Mac? I mean, the like, thing is, in the beginning, when that twist of like, oh, Mac's a bad guy. 
it doesn't work because we don't know who he is. Like, literally, we just met him and he mm-hmm. just turned on us. It's more of a, like, oh, okay, sure. If you had a different character like Sala, or, and, like, Marcus you can't do because the like, actor yeah. died. I, I think the only guy you could do is Sala. And that guy isn't going to turn on Indy is the thing. I don't know who in previous iterations of films that we could have, like, to short, short round come back and portray him. <laughs> and you trace him. That could be, I mean, that'd be interesting, but no. I mean, I, do you think we even needed the trail character? Actually, probably not. Like, what's the point? He Mac doesn't do anything. No, Mac doesn't do anything. He just kind of gets in the way. But the Russians could easily do all this on their own yeah. like, without Mac. I, I genuinely think if we're going to do anything, it should... They make a big deal about the Dean for two scenes. Mm. I would say put the Dean in there, actually. I, I would say that it's it's Indy doing one of his, like, archaeological, like, adventures or whatever, and he, you know, happens to get kidnapped and the Dean is with him, and he's just like, oh, I just was here to supervise this trip because you keep using university funds for things that I don't, I don't necessarily approve of. I guess it, it could. It works better than Mac. I'll agree with you on that. Because I mean, you're not going to get too much sillier than a lot of the other things yeah. in this movie. And you know, having short round a nine year old kid driving a car and doing all that, I could believe the dean would show up to be like, "All right, you've been misappropriating <laughs> university funds to go on these trips. I need to supervise you." And then that's when they get back, and the university fires them. And I feel like that gives them more incentive. So instead of the dean leaving to do his own thing, the dean actually travels with Indy to be like. I have no, I have nowhere to go. I can't really teach anything. I'll go wherever you're going, and then that's when Mutt shows up, and then they all, all the three of them go on an adventure together. Okay, so is it like the midpoint where we find out he's a double agent, or, I would, or just I would know a double no, agent? Okay, I, I I think that I think the Russians are smart enough to do this without without a double agent. Okay, I would say I actually do want to tackle that short round idea. You want to try and push short round in? Yeah, uh, right. put him in the Mac because maybe. Indy will feel like he is, like, a father figure too short round. Mm-hmm. And that portrayal will become much more like, whoa, like, you know, I, I cared for you like a son. And then maybe short round's like, you treated me like ass. And blah, 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 like. So then Indy's more hurt personally. And then when he finds out that Mutt is his son, there's another little parallel okay. there for that. For, like, I thought I knew how to teach people and uh, I was just wrong. And uh, now I, I don't want to treat you the same or something like that. And then maybe short round when he finds out that Mutt is Indy's son, it's more of a, oh, like, ooh, I have competition or, or something like that, you know? I could see that. I actually kind of like that. If I don't like short round, but it, to make him better, I'm cool with this. Yeah. And I mean, he's not going to be nine still. Like he's well, going to be, gonna be like in, 20 years old. Yeah. Like 30 or yeah, yeah he'll be 20s ish. I don't know. The actor definitely probably couldn't come back. But I'm going to look it up, but we can keep talking, but I do want to see. Yeah, because I feel like short round, like, there's a character that people didn't really like to start with. So if he comes back and betrays him, they're like, great, I hate him even more now. Yeah. And if short round does sacrifice himself like what Mac did, it is more, like, heartwarming where you're like, no, like, don't do it. No, short round. And, and, like, that's a complete 180 of from the beginning of the film where you hated short round to the end where you're like, no, short round, don't die. All right, short round would have been, or the actor, uh, Jonathan K. Kwan, uh-huh. would have been 37 when this movie came out, so about 35 when they would have shot it. I feel like that's appropriate enough. I don't know, is he still yeah. acting? Hasn't done a lot. He was in the movie Encino Man with Brendan Fraser, uh, then second time around, which was, I guess, uh, a different movie, but yeah. 
He's not done anything since 2002, so they could have done that thing that where they bring him back, kind of like kind of like Glass, mm-hmm. uh, where they bring the kid who played Bruce Willis' son back. Yeah, to to play the actual the same person. Yeah, I think that's what they could have done. All right, I I do like the idea of Short Round being the Mac character now, and then you know we get some diversity in the film too, so mm. that's cool because it is a bunch of white people running around. <laughs> I mean, that's what most Indiana Jones movies are. It's just. Uh, a bunch of white people running around, <laughs> messing around in other cultures' <laughs> affairs. Okay, I actually think that does fix up Mac quite a bit. Another thing, this is a bit smaller, but I want... I'm always about character introductions. Mm-hmm. I want Indy's character introduction to be better. Because you don't like him coming out of the trunk, the silhouette, and the hat? It's okay, but if you compare it to the other time in the other movies when we first meet Indy, like we have the first one where it's opening and he's like in the shadows, like figuring out all these archaeology things before we actually see his face. The second one, he's like shooting up a bar and everything. And the third one's when he's a kid and then we end up at a ship and he's fighting people. Mm-hmm. Like those are badass. And then this opening one, it's 50s teenagers and Russians. Yeah. I guess maybe not Indy's introduction. is more like the intro. To the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet you could just totally cut out the stuff with the prairie dogs and the and the teenagers and just cut straight to... You, you can even have, like, a title. I know they don't like doing that, but just a title that says, you know, uh, Area 51, 1950-something, and then it's just, you know, pan, uh, tilt up to, this, to the guy at the booth, and he's like... Uh, where are your credentials? Just a gunshot. And that's like, oh, cool. We're in the middle of the action. Yeah, oh, that is a little better. I was thinking, say, we don't have short round. We still have Mac. We go for a flashback of originally when Indy interacted with the skull or what he, he doesn't know what it is, but it's just like the box that magnetizes stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'll get an intro to Mac that way. Be like, Indy, we got to go. And maybe they're fighting to save the arc or the box or whatever. And... The box goes into Area 51, door sh- shut, and then, like, you know, it's there for a second, doors open again, and it's old uh, Indy, or something like that. That could be cool. Uh, because then it's more like, all right, we're in Indiana Jones, and it's not just like, oh, man, I remember when my great-great-grandfather used to <laughs> dance to that song, or Sorry, something you, like that. You putting those things together just made me realize something, that you actually don't, you don't need the, enti- the entire beginning like, actually, the action doesn't even begin. Like, the plot doesn't really begin till Mutt shows up. Mm-hmm. Because the box that Indy and the Russians were fighting over, they only reference once again when they're in the Amazon. And she lifts the crate and says, like, here's the alien. And you see the alien. And then Indy escapes, goes to the nuclear testing site. Doesn't matter. Goes to the FBI thing. Doesn't matter. You could, you could genuinely open the movie with Indy being fired by the, the school uh, and Mutt showing up and being like, Dr. Oxley's in trouble. And that's when the plot starts. Like, because yeah. they, the only thing that's ever important is the crystal skull that they find when they're in, like, Peru. And they use that one. They don't actually use the crystal skull that comes from the alien in the box. That, I, yeah, I actually didn't realize that either. Right? You just said that. I, I literally just put that together right now. You, I mean, I still like the, op- like, you know, opening stuff. Right. Like, all the action and stuff. But that does, that kind of, like, makes it a lot worse for me now. I don't like it as much because you don't need the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Because it, it helps with character and it helps with figuring out who the bad guys are and what indie stakes are in this thing. The plot, yeah, doesn't happen until all good ways into the movie. Jesus. Yeah. No, you really could just start there. I think... It, it's good for back... Yeah, like I said, it's good for background, good for character, good for villains, but... Plot-wise, it means nothing. Yeah, well, you could literally open up the film with a flashback of Indy, like, finding this box or whatever, then cutting back to him getting fired. Now you have a scene with the Russian people finding that box. Yeah. 
and well, that's it, the same. Well, it could even just be the flashback to Roswell, and he sh- he's like gets sent there on whatever assignment, and the Russians show up, and they like force it away from him, and then it cuts to like you know ten years later or whatever, and the FBI is like, we haven't been able to trust you since you let since you gave the Russians that thing like ten years ago. And he's like, I didn't give it to them. Yeah. And they're like, sorry, we can't trust you. You're fired. Move into mutt. Well, you could with the university stuff, just like what you were saying earlier, like, yeah, you've been misappropriating funds. Yeah. Like, <laughs> stop buying so many of these hats, man. Well, yeah, or, I mean, since he failed with the Crystal Skull, maybe he, like, has been doing a poor job being an archaeologist. Maybe he's actually been using funds mm. and actually not been doing a good job. Maybe this is, like, the, what he needs to do to get himself back on track. These are all ideas that I had been thinking of before, but putting together the fact that none of the beginning actually matters is now uh, changes everything. No, you're right. I, you're right. <laughs> we don't need the first 30 minutes. Which, to be fair, is similar to Return of the Jedi, where you don't technically need the first 30 minutes, but you get Han Solo back. I would say the first 30 minutes of Return of the Jedi are more important than these first 30 minutes, yeah. but that's a different story, we can, literally. We can tackle that some other day. Yeah. Okay, well, besides... That huge revelation, what else would you want to change? Would you want to change anything in the beginning, like, you know, besides, obviously, the character introduction? Or do you still think that they should do kind of the the unessential plot, but you still get introduced to the villains and stuff now? Well, the villains also just have a crappy introduction. It's just Kate Blanchett walking up with a Russian accent, and... But there's a score underneath her. There's some music (laughs) to tell you she's a bad guy. (laughs) I think what you need is you need the one of the henchmen to be those people, if we are keeping the intro right now, and the whole mission fails, maybe the box blows up or something, mm-hmm. and like they're like, no, the one crystal we knew of, and we need to go to Peru now to find it. So maybe this henchman fails to get that alien, goes back, we see Kate Blanchett, and she's like pissy or whatever like it's sort of like in Empire Strikes Back where she's like, "You have failed me for the last time, yeah." And maybe on screen this would be cheesy, but, like, she uses her mind hypnosis thing. I don't think she has psychic powers yet. I think she's trying to use the crystal skull to get the psychic powers. Wasn't she trying... Doesn't she look at Indy in the beginning and she's like, Indy, hmm, you're a hard person to read. I think that's just her trying to do it. Okay. I don't know. It's hard to tell if she actually has powers yet or not, but I don't think she does. Okay. Well, but, maybe instead of, like, mind controlling him to do something, she, like, is like, all right, you have failed me, and we must duel or something like and she ends up killing him yeah and she's like you're a great soldier stabs him not a great soldier you're a good soldier but not a great one yeah Yeah. so i mean that's sort of cheesy but i mean the rest of this dialogue wasn't great well yeah and i mean it's it's a pretty it's a pretty classic opening where it's like you know the you think the henchman's the villain but they actually fail and they have to kill him so you can see how bad the like the villain villain is yeah and then she's like congratulations so-and-so you've been promoted to first commander or something and she's cleaning off the sword (laughs) with the dude's blood that's good I, i like that too yeah, and I feel like that would also make things a lot faster, so you don't have to deal with a bunch of character introductions at the beginning. Right. And you still get the cool action sequence in the warehouse. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the recent Tomb Raider movie? No, I haven't. Okay. Do you mind if I spoil a twist in the Tomb Raider? <laughs> I suppose you can spoil Alicia Vikander's Tomb Raider. So, spoilers for the newest Tomb Raider that's come out, which I think could be an interesting idea instead of having aliens here. So in Tomb Raider, there's this one thing where the whole time we think this one queen was, like, the queen of death, and, like, she would spread her... She had powers to kill people and stuff. And we hear that she, like, mummified herself so she could come back in years to destroy the world or whatever. 
And so, like, in the movie, they open her up and stuff, and instead of finding out that this queen had magical powers or anything, we find out the queen, like, decided to kill herself because she had the Black Plague. And so it's like, oh, it's an actual thing that happened Mm -hmm. that would kill people because she was a plague of darkness. And it's like, oh, there was logic. That's actually, that's somewhat clever, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of that idea? But So it's, we're being hyped that it's aliens, but then it's not really aliens. It's like, I don't know, some weird looking guy or something. (laughs) Some weird looking guy. Yeah. I don't Uh, know. I don't know. Um, we, We also talked about this before we started recording. Another hot take of mine. I like the alien idea. I, I genuinely do. <laughs> and I will defend that here. I won't defend this movie as hard as I had to argue for Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh-huh. But I think the idea that aliens are being worshipped as gods because they're these ancient things and, like, you know, the technology clashes with how things were in, like, you know, the 1,000 to 1,500s and things just didn't work out for them, whether they were sacrificed or just, like, they couldn't survive on the planet... I really, I do like the idea that there's, like, the mythology that we think we know is actually, like, uh, alien technology or whatever. I think it's a really cool idea uh-huh. if we see that in, like, the ancient times. I do agree that it's a weird thing to do for an Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. So, but I do think it's not the wrong thing to do. What I would do is I would, instead of, like, making it more apparent that they're aliens from the start, or at least doing stuff like that, because saying Roswell and, like, showing the alien body halfway through kind of makes it seem like it's aliens. Right. I would do it so it still feels like it's a religious thing. Like, you hear about, you know, whatever god that the, the Aztecs worshipped, but they're, like, this weird thing where it's like, oh, the skull is, like, weirdly, like, shaped, and it's like, oh, because they wore these headdresses because they thought if they expanded their brains, they'd be smarter. But then it turns out that it is aliens. Yeah. Now, what do you think of keeping the aliens, but making it making it more religious until the end. I mean, isn't that sort of what they do? (laughs) They hint at it, but I feel like it also could be like them not, I mean, they didn't realize that (laughs) Oxley was writing something. (laughs) So maybe they don't realize that it's a fake alien or something. Yeah. Because you don't really know that they are aliens until the end. I'm open to it. I just don't think aliens in Indiana Jones film is the best idea, and I do sort of like what I was saying with the Tomb Raider twist where, oh, it's something we didn't understand, but they were being literal or something. Mm-hmm. It, would, it would just have to be something very specific to, like, someone who discovered, like, the power of magnetism yeah. and just, like, knew how to manipulate people with, with like, their words, so it felt like they were mind-controlling you. But I don't know how you would do that and make this person still alive unless they had the Holy Grail with them because <laughs> the, the whole point is that they are, like the gods of ancient uh, Latin American myth. I don't think it's a bad thing. I would just need to... I would want to know more details on how you how you know these things about this person or how this person is still alive. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I, I don't think it's... I think we're trying to come up with an idea in a couple... In a few minutes. I'm sure if we had six months and, you know, a, a rewrite bonus, <laughs> I'm sure we could figure out a thing to make it work. Okay. What else would you want to tackle? Oh, this is a, a thing that we never talked about, but I do think is super important. The puzzles. Okay. Indiana Jones's puzzles are legendary. Raiders has the, the statue with the weights, and, like, stepping on the stones makes the darts fly out. Mm-hmm. Temple of Doom does have the spiky floor, and it's got the minecart chase. Uh, Last Crusade is, like, some of the best puzzles of all time, which is, like, you know, Jehovah, figuring out how to step on the spaces, and, like, taking the leap of faith. Right. Those are, those are great. This has Bash, a, 
a stone with a bigger stone and let sand fall out. <laughs> uh, it also has, there are markings on the ground. Oh, those are markings that symbolize bigger markings on the ground. There's just no, there's no real puzzles to it. And the only puzzles are like word and mind games that they just explain away. And they do explain stuff in the other Indiana Jones movies, but they do it in such a cool way and they all fit into either the theme or the plot. Mm-hmm. Like the Last Crusade stuff is like all related to to Jesus and religion and like Jehovah is actually spelled with an I because in the times they didn't have J's, they had I's. The Leap of Faith is all about Indy's like character arc of like just being willing to trust people and like not only if he should. Right. And the stuff in Raiders where it's at the beginning, that's how you show that Indy's smart and like really weighs things out and is an adventurer. And this one is just like, here's a puzzle, here's a puzzle. And it'd be super cool if, if whether it's a smart guy and you realize, oh, this is just puzzles of someone who like knows a lot of brain teasers or whatever. Like, this is actually just a human who's really smart. Mm-hmm. Or if it is aliens, you figure out that like, there's some laser shit on the ground or like some, something that shows that they're aliens instead of it just being smash a stone with a stone. No, that's very true. Like, these aren't the best puzzles and... It would be cool if we could have them interact with the arcs of our characters. Mm -hmm. Because you're right, like in the third one, it is cool where he has to take a leap of faith because he needs to trust people. And these ones, it's not. And the Holy Grail stuff at the very end, like the the climax is a puzzle, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. And it says stuff that kills a character and it splits up these two characters that have a relationship. And the puzzles don't have to be part of everything, but the puzzles of this one should just be better right like i love the puzzles in the in indiana jones series no you're right it, i guess that's another thing they don't these characters don't really have arcs as much no too. the 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 arc for indy is just stated at the beginning with the dean where he's like at our age they start taking things away instead of giving them out and then at the very end oh wait he got a son he got his wife but like you don't have the whole middle section to like give you anything for that no and there's no arc for that mutt doesn't have an arc and none of the characters have arcs except for Indy in those two very specific moments. Yeah, and it's not really like he learns to open up more or like he learns to yeah. be vulnerable or something like that. Because he doesn't really have big arcs in the first three either, but at least in the first one, he does like grow to care for Mary, and I think that was part of his arc is that he was just kind of like a little bit cold. Yeah. In the second one, he like, you know, becomes a bit of a father figure for his short round. And he learned, He kind of decides he oh he wants to be a hero because he like wants to stay out of everything. But then once he saves this village and like gets them their stones back, he decides to be a hero. Third one's his dad. Like yeah. it's obviously coming to terms with where you come from and where you're going. And in this one, it's like I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> there's not much else to it. That's true. Uh, there's not much else I'd want to fix from there because the main things were the the beginning. And the puzzles and Mac mostly. I'm not a big fan of any alternatives, but I think do think short round is probably the best alternative of the bunch. Yeah, well, because we already know short round. Yeah, we don't know Mac, unless yeah. we're gonna save this twist of him being a double agent till halfway through, which it could work. It but could work, but it, for the plot that they've set up, it doesn't really. Yeah, no, he would just be the extra tag along of like, oh, it's Mutt, Indian Mac. Mac. <laughs> Do you think there's any other thing we can do to fix the villain of Kate Blanchett? More like Kate Blanchett. <laughs> You're not actually Bland, Kate, just your character in this movie. <laughs> I would just either add a scene or two of her just, again, either showing that she does in fact have powers or that she's really trying because you really don't get too much time with her. You get the beginning 
and you get her capturing Indy and being like, hello, Dr. Jones, here's, here's this skull, look at it. Yeah. And that's about it. And I guess if you do look at other Indiana Jones villains, like, they don't really do as much either. But still, you, when you've got, but the, the guy from the first one whose face melts at the end, mm-hmm. at least he's so menacing, and, like, yeah. he's got that look to him, and his hand burns when he picks up the thing. Like, you see the hubris that he has to, like, become this person. Right. And the second one is this maniacal cult leader, and you're just like, oh, you just gotta take him down, Indy. And the third one, like, the male villain is, like, shitty. Like, you don't mm-hmm. really know much about him, but the, 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 the twist in that one is that the girl that he's been with this whole time is actually... A double agent. A, a double agent for, <laughs> for Hitler. Indy's and, really not good at picking up these things. No, and, but she's, but she's like, a, real, a solid villain. Like, she's got the twist, and, like, she does care for Indy. Indy cares for her, and it's him deciding who to trust. Mm-hmm. And Kate Blanchett's just like, hello, I'm Russian, and I uh, would like to learn psychic warfare. It just would be good to see her use it, or to see wh- why she wants it for personal reasons. Because I don't, I don't really want to change the villain too much, because I think it, they've, got the, they've got the building blocks of a good villain. Right. I don't have anything else really to talk about. No, I think that's good. I think we've done. I think we've done some good stuff today. Yeah. No. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, any fun facts or things that you want to discuss? Uh, fun we did a lot of good stuff throughout. Mm, I don't have. I can't think of any fun facts right now. The one fact that I do want to say is that at least in this movie. The iconic whip that he has for everything. Uh-huh. Uh, the studio wanted to CGI the entirety of him using the whip. And Harrison Ford was just like, no, I'm I'm going to learn the tricks for the whip. I'm going <laughs> to do it for real. They gotta believe, they're got to not going to believe a CGI whip. Yeah, that would be something people would get pissed about. But yeah, that's one of the, the fun things that I heard about this movie that I think is, is good. And, and Harrison Ford still wanted to do most of his own stunts, even at like 70. Yeah. Oh, or I think no. it was like 60-something when this movie came out. But no, so. no, he's a badass. He's a badass. But yeah. Make no mistake of that. It is just nice seeing Harrison Ford happy to do a role too. <laughs> yes, like it's he is like genuinely like excited. It looks like to do these things, and yeah, it's good. I like it. Awesome. That's it I, for surgery. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I think I'm good with everything else. I hope everybody enjoyed today's episode of Doctor Script. Yep. Brought uh, to you by the number four. <laughs> all right, now I want to do a couple of shout outs to all the people that have like wrote some iTunes reviews because I feel like you guys put the time to do that and we want to give you guys a shout out. Do you want to read this? Just because. So from... From... Well, the the screen name's the wise guy 487 but it's from Joseph. You wrote a really nice review about us. I know we've been saying it for a while and it hasn't been coming through, but you you put one out there and it's it's genuinely good to hear that you, you found that you've actually been listening to us for a few months you think that we have good, uh, insightful dialogue. I hope today uh, lived up to your standards. <laughs> and, you know, that we like to have fun, even at the movie's expense, but, like, providing the solutions to the things. So that's really what we're going for, is, like, we don't we don't actually want to rag on anything. We just want to see things be good. We just want to see good cinema, uh, and we appreciate it. And, uh, and your P.S. at the end, where you talk about us doing Kingdom Hearts as a TV series... Listen, if you know anybody in Hollywood, uh, it would be great. But yeah, I, I, we really appreciate that. I think there's another comment that's just, it's, it's short, but it says that we're all on the up and up. And we appreciate any, any kind of feedback you can give, uh, whether it's as in-depth as Joseph or as, you know, as nice as on the up and up. 
Yeah, from uh, Washington Huff. But yeah, honestly, if you guys have any like movies you want us to do, like comment on the iTunes thing or get us at Twitter, DR Script Podcast. Instagram yeah. too, Dr. Script. Just comment underneath any of those. You could, it doesn't have to be related to the movie we're watching. You can just say, oh, cool, I'm glad you guys just did Indiana Jones 4. Have you thought about uh, Jaws 2? <laughs> um, yeah, because we're very open to new ideas. We are small enough where we see everything. And, yeah, little comments like that really uh, make or It's nice to see. So thank you, yeah. guys. It's weird actually imagining people listening to us. <laughs> a little bit. But thank you for doing that. And, yeah, if anybody else is inspired by this, write a review. Leave us the stars that you feel are appropriate. I hope they're five. Uh, and we'll hope to see you next time. Uh, yeah, so next week, mm, it's been a recent phenomenon. It's going to be a challenge to keep our eyes open throughout. I mean, we don't want to box anyone into thoughts on this movie, <laughs> but uh, it's kind of a, a birdie idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and then I'll, uh, there's your hint. If you have the time, please follow us on Instagram, Dr. Script, Twitter again, DR Script Podcast. Uh, come back next week because it will be a challenge to keep our eyes open throughout it. <laughs> Have fun, everybody. Bye. See you guys.